Welcome to No Substitutions, Please. I'm Noah Craggy with a side of taters, McKinnon. And I'm Louisa, secret herbs and spices, Heron. And if that didn't include you in, what food are we talking about this week, Louisa? Today we are talking about the classic fried chicken. Whether, uh, yeah, I think, what, what, you know, we're, we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but a food that I think in particular in the United States is identified with the South, but yes, which I think pretty much everybody has a version of Yeah, throughout I the know, world. I know in uh, the last century, especially it was a big picnic food. You'd make a, the day ahead of an event and you'd take it somewhere with you, which we don't do so much anymore, but you know, no, it's pretty and nice. If I'm, Mm, cold fried chicken. I mean, it can be good, but... <laughs> it can be good, yeah. It can be good. I, I'm pretty iffy on it. But yeah, no, it, it I grew up eating uh, a lot of fried drumsticks that was particularly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my mom gave me her recipe and I tried it and I ran into some of the same problems that one of her comments later did. <laughs> I, I wish I had... Yeah, I wish I had memorably phrased it as that person did. <laughs> I find fried chicken is something that, when it's good, it is so good. And when it's not, it's very, very bad, usually. Yes. I will I've had say. many disasters in yes. fried chicken. Fried chicken Fried chicken might legitimately be my favorite food. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely, if everything from the, you know, mass-produced chicken tender to, like, homemade kind of uh, 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 really aggressively seasoned and brined and and all of that all the different variants love them huge fan of everything now what i will say is we've had the same where i live in in western new york there are a number of fried chicken places that i've tried and even before the pandemic kind of ended up shutting down a lot of restaurants and a lot of others started to basically find places to cut corners Mm -hmm. What I found is that almost every place I went to, the chicken was some degree of overdone. Yeah, that is pretty common. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a difficult food to get right. I know that a number of places, th- there's a million different life hacks for how to do it. You know, uh, I think the most fam- the one that was most famous around here for a few years was Korean fried chicken, where I guess one of the tricks yes. is that you double fry it. You know, you, you yes, par fry it. Very dark. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you par fry it so that you can have it ready to go. And then when somebody orders it, all you got to do is put it back in the oil and, and finish it off. Get, get rid of whatever moisture has accumulated. And I understand that as, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. But a lot of places seem to have a lot of trouble maintaining, you know, a consistent temperature and so on. And then, of course, in the last two sure. years, everyone has debuted a chicken sandwich. Yes. It's very strange, but I do know what you're talking about. Because I, I do remember for years it was Chick Fil A. If if and mm-hmm. you know obviously that brought with it the weight of how much morality you're willing to give to that decision. I did not have a problem with this because the first time I encountered Chick Fil A was on the University of Florida campus, where it was like the only place that was open at certain times. So mm-hmm. and this was during the summer, to be clear. So there weren't a ton of students around. Um. Well, comparatively, it's still a pretty big university. But point being, it was one of the crappiest sandwiches I've ever eaten. So a lot of people talk about like, I, you know, I didn't try it. And then I, I finally had it and I understood the mystique. Nope. Mm-hmm. I had it once, went, 
this is overhyped, and it was <laughs> not a problem for me to avoid it since. See, that's interesting, because I had the opposite experience with Chick-fil-A, which is never had it growing up, had it the first time, yeah, as a young adult, and I was like, this is incredible. And then, you know, finding out more about the company, I have stopped eating there, but I still remember those chicken sandwiches. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, you, you could tell that it was one of these things where, like, it's not a real Chick-fil-A, it's licensed and, and all that sort of thing. So, <laughs> but they also, at, at that same program, they, not that location, but one of my classmates told me that they'd been kicked out of one for wearing a pentacle so that was that was a pretty quick like yep i'm i'm out of this this (laughs) is never happening again um i understand that and then of course found out just how deep they're anyway this is not a podcast about chick-fil-a the point is to say (laughs) that for the longest time that was the one chicken sandwich and people could essentially go like well you know i i don't like them as a company but that's the one and nope now you have now the world is your Chicken sandwich. Exactly. There are 15 different places where you can go get one, and they are all problematic in different ways. <laughs> I will say my favorite fast food fried chicken, if we're covering that, is Popeye's. No doubt. That is my far and away most favorite. If this podcast became a podcast where we just went around trying different fried fried chicken, that uh-huh. would 100, I would 100% be on board. I've had Popeye's. <laughs> So far, it's in the running. It, it's winning that race, I should say. Mm-hmm. I've had Bojangles a couple of times, and I've been told oh, that if you have a if you have it from a legit Bojangles, that's one thing. I had it at an airport. <laughs> oh so, yeah, you don't want to go to the counterfeit Bojangles. Yeah, mm-hmm. the faux Jangles, as you might say. Oh, very good. There it is. And the one I, the other two that I really want to try and have not had an opportunity to, uh, there's Zaxby's, which yes. some people I've heard. Uh, really go to town for that one and raising canes i've heard is the other one and before i forget there's also churches which again i go beating a lot of and Uh. i also really like i i think my teenage memories say that i would put it up against popeyes i'm not sure if that's still true uh i would definitely have to try them but those honey biscuits were absolutely fire (laughs) i bet no i've never tried churches uh, KFC out of the running for me. Used to love them as a kid. I think I only like the coating because when I have that chicken now, it's so dry and tough. Yeah, thank you. I've had a lot of bad KFC experiences, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I believe it. So now that we've put because okay, so, so yes. now we've talked about Get all the different it. fast food chickens and fried yes. chickens. And mm-hmm. for me, the important part here is it is a popular fast food for a reason. It yes. puts up with that mass process of, you know, being cooked, being put under the heat lamp, stored, put in a box. And a lot of that is because, as you said, talking about the KFC fried chicken, um, because moisture is the enemy when you're making yes. fried chicken. And yes. almost everything about the fast food process is meant to remove moisture from things. <laughs> Exactly. So it's the perfect fast food in that regard, in that the way to make it good dovetails extremely nicely with the way to make a ton of it at the same time. (laughs) And I think also what really helps it is it's a delicious food. We all love it. People can say homemade is much better. Sure, I agree. But it's so much work for what you get Mm -hmm. if you're frying your own chicken. That I totally understand why fast food places do it. And that's why you would want to go there, to not deal with any of the hassle, to just Mm -hmm. get some chicken. And if you've got your dipping sauces, you've got a massive amount of of reach, you know? Like, everybody likes fried chicken. It's it's not – 
if you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, any of that sort of thing, then yes, that is more difficult. But it, it's got wide cultural appeal. You you don't have to yes. worry that, oh, there's going to be a bunch of people who aren't going to like this. Everybody has fried chicken. It, it's, it's a big thing. Um, and you know what we haven't done is we've talked about all of this. We have not for one second defined what the hell is fried chicken. <laughs> it's a bit tricky because it's – I think it needs to be deep fried. Mm. To me, to be truly fried chicken. It needs to start with pieces of chicken. So I'll say that. Chicken that is deep fried. Okay. And then Good start. it needs to be coated. It might have uh, breading or it might have a batter, but it needs to be coated in one of those. Right. So the deep frying part, because you, like a piccata, is chicken mm-hmm. that has been dredged, but it's pan fried. It's shallow yeah. fried. So you wouldn't, yes. you wouldn't really call that fried chicken. Although, yeah. it would be very funny to call it Italian fried chicken just to piss off some people. <laughs> also, I think it needs to have um, uh, cohesion of the coating, I think, is important. Mm. Because there are lots of types of, and they're frankly easier to make, types of uh, chicken cutlets, for instance, that have a bread crumb coating, mm-hmm. which is very nice. But I don't ever associate that with what I think of as fried chicken. So, that that's closer to like the tender side of the scale, right? Yeah. You have like a proper yeah okay Pork I can see that parm that sort of thing yeah yeah see I mm, okay that that's not a bad point I was trying to think of like because a chicken schnitzel will often have a breadcrumb uh, topping mm-hmm. or like a milanesa in Latin American countries is often done with I think usually is done with breadcrumbs or maybe cracker meals sometimes I think that's okay. how my grandmother taught me to make it and I would say that those are part of fried chicken. But for example, I wouldn't say that a chicken Kiev is fried chicken. Yeah, so it's it is very tricky. So I, I think I think the minimum is it can't be stuffed with something. Yeah, I know a lot of people would say like cutlets aren't really fried chicken because you would like you need the skin and the bones inside the coating to be a fried chicken. But a lot of people also disagree with that. Yeah. So that's where it gets contentious. Yeah, but I think you're right that at a minimum, pieces of chicken, deep fried, <laughs> coated. And yes. then the breading versus battering, that, that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And some people like the, the if, if you're breading, especially with breadcrumbs, is that the only kind of breading there is? Is there an alternate? Again, cracker well, meal for me, but... I think of what you would get, uh, like a KFC Extra Crispy or what they do at Popeye's, which is mixing a little bit of liquid with seasoned flour to make sort of little chunks Mm. and then you stick that chunky flour to the chicken and that's what makes that craggy crusty coating which is so delicious okay so you're defining that as breading okay yeah i guess because they do call it breading even though it's not bread related which is a bit confusing although it is wheat flour yes yes versus battering is a more liquid coating yes okay yeah that that makes sense yes i guess i always think of Whenever I, I, I think of it as the moment that liquid gets involved in the coating, it's effectively oh. a batter, but maybe okay. that's arguable. I, I, I that, would be yeah. prepared to be told I'm wrong on this. <laughs> the edges are really fuzzy on a lot of cooking terms, I find. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets tricky. No, it is, it is tough because you, I don't know, it, especially with something that is so present mm-hmm. in so many different uh, cuisines, yes. you're going to have trouble defining this because... I believe the fried chicken recipe that I mentioned already that I got from my mom was literally flour and adobo in a bag 
and you just shake uh-huh. the drumstick in there, and then you still deep fry, so at least there's right. that. But, um, but yeah, it was not even close to what most people would do for fried chicken. And I mean, I've <laughs> I fried a good amount of chicken in my time. I will say, I have not yet done like the whole chicken. That that I've never done. Yeah, that makes me nervous trying to um, figure out the difference between the cooking times of dark meat and. White meat, I've only ever done one or the other. Yeah. It's too complicated to me. I've done, <laughs> and I should be clear, I have only really ever done, and this gets at what we were talking about, I've only really done country fried chicken. So I've done essentially chicken schnitzel, except it's, okay. you know, the 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 way that Texans do it is a little bit different. It's not uh, breadcrumb related. We had a comment that mentioned, you know, they prefer Vienna style. They meant mm-hmm. with breadcrumbs. That's not mm-hmm. really what chicken fried chicken is. Um, chicken fried chicken. Jesus, what a term. Um, yep. Chicken squared. Mm-hmm. That's too much chicken. It's too powerful. <laughs> That's They're why they have... had to shut down the chicken in a biscuit factory. Too much That's chicken. That's right. Too oh, powerful. I don't know if you've seen this. I only caught this on a, uh, on a Netflix show recently. Did you hear about, there's a place called now, like, Chicken Cones, I think it is. It's, mm. it's forkless chicken and waffles. So, hold on. So, it's a waffle cone filled with chicken? <laughs> with essentially, like, yeah, boneless wings, basically. Huh. Uh, with I'm sauces. Not, I'm, not oppo- I'm not opposed to it, but it is Weird. complicated. It sounds mm-hmm. like, yeah. There's like... If there, hold on. If there's sauces, it sounds like it would be just as messy as regular uh-huh. chicken and waffles. <laughs> yeah, it does, okay. doesn't it? All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how they're pulling that off, but, you know. All right. Do we think we've exhausted the definitional elements of fried chicken? I think so. It's it's a very hard recipe to define because it's more, uh, it's more, it has more variables than most. Yes, it's not. It itself does not truly have one recipe. So that's what mm-hmm. kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and another thing that that maybe is definitional to fried chicken. It should be a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you if if it's easy, I don't think you made fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've tried to make fried chicken sandwiches for family, and they have said later, "Oh, that was really great. I would love to have that again." And I'm like, "Yeah, I bet you would, because you just got to eat it. <laughs> it <was> so <laughs> much work to make yep. was so much work." <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Poof. All right. All right. So yeah. let's. Uh, we know what fried. We know what we think fried chicken is. Mm-hmm. Let's go find out what we th- uh, what other people on the internet think it is. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Let her rip. From this one recipe, for a Yankee, your chicken looks pretty good. I had to laugh at your story. I don't fry with skin on, as the women in my mama's family hate chicken skin. To compensate, we flour up and let our chicken sit on the counter for 30 minutes on a piece of wax paper. The chicken will look icky and gooey, but you'll be surprised how lovely it cooks. I've had people call me a liar when I told them there was no skin on my fried chicken. No! (laughs) Salmonella will not develop when you do this. I've been doing this in the Wyndham family for 200 years. (laughs) It says we. Uh, I'm only saying that because... If you oh, say, yes. I've been doing this for 200 years, this person is a fried chicken <laughs> vampire of some kind. I'm an eternal creature, and I love fried chicken. <laughs> Man, if fried chicken made you live forever, it would be the perfect food. It already is. <laughs> oh, boy. I, yep. I want to start with one thing. The phrase, flour up. 
You know when you flower yeah. up? Uh-huh. You finish your baking practice and coach just goes, okay, you know what you gotta do? Flower up now. <laughs> yep. Everyone flower up. Dip your hands in this flower. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're very defensive about leaving it on the counter for 30 minutes, which is totally fine, food safety-wise. But yeah. uh, salmonella will not develop. They want you to know. For me, usually, the skin remained on the outside and crisped up with <laughs> just the flour that, he, that, that this person mentions as <laughs> the additional coating. Um, yeah, the, the icky gooiness, you know, you, you sit the chicken on the counter. A lot of recipes suggest you do that no matter what the coating is, just to kind yeah, of like help to it stick to the chicken. Yes. Um, and so that I'm not surprised by. So usually, I usually use a wire rack, but maybe I should switch. I think wax paper might be better. The wire rack has a worrying tendency to like imprint onto the coating. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Then you get that weird waffle pattern on your yeah. finished chicken. So the, the wax paper makes a lot more sense. But yeah, I guess, I guess I'm always shocked by this. Not because, I mean, I like chicken skin. I have zero problem eating it, but mm. I'm used to it being very obvious where it is. Mm. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's tough when it's got that thick coating. Mm-hmm. Well, this person starts with, for a Yankee, your chicken looks pretty good. <laughs> yes. So, you knew that, uh, especially if you've listened to our episode on red chili, uh, you're going to love this one. <laughs> and this is from a different recipe. And it's actually quite positive for most of it. Sort of. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> so, I absolutely love this recipe. I add Cajun seasoning and more salt. Change one. I also didn't have a deep fryer, so I used a heavy bottom deep pan. Eh, fair enough. Whatever. I don't have a deep fryer either. I'll confess that. <laughs> As someone who's never made fried chicken from scratch, I'm shocked at how easy and delicious this recipe was. My boyfriend, who's from Texas, <laughs> thought it turned out great too. So we said in that <laughs> other episode, how do you know somebody's from Texas? Well, they tell you. Turns out we should append to that. How do you know somebody's dating somebody from Texas? <laughs> That's very good. I like the idea. My boyfriend, who's from Texas, hold for applause. That's right. <laughs> Thought yeah. it turned out great, too. My boyfriend, the chicken authority from Texas, said it was good. I, I would fully believe that there was a Texas government agency <laughs> called chicken, the Chicken Authority. <laughs> Be a good name for a restaurant. <laughs> it really would, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would oh, definitely, boy. if the Chicken Authority was a state agency, I would definitely apply to work there. <laughs> yeah. Huge fan. Awesome. That would be incredible. <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit. You mentioned that you don't really, uh, you mentioned that this was surprising to you, that Texas would come up in this comment. Yeah, I have lived uh, almost my whole life in the United States, but always in the Northeast near Philadelphia. And I have absolutely heard of Southern Fried Chicken. You see that on recipe names all the time. And I've heard of it, you know, Nashville Hot Chicken. You hear about chicken from Georgia. I've never in my life heard anyone say, oh, great fried chicken from Texas. So this is new to me, this whole idea. But many commenters needed to point out that they know about fried chicken because they're from Texas. Yes. And I had to inform you that actually Texans are very opinionated about fried chicken. (laughs) Uh-huh. And that really I I can't think of a single food that is had in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh that that is present in in the state of Texas that Texans don't have very strong opinions about. <laughs> and they I will mean, they will let you know that they have strong opinions about it and also that they are from Texas while they do it. You mm-hmm. know, what what we know about this guy right here, this person's boyfriend is that 
that guy that guy gets his chili powder makes at the store because they got good ones there in Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I really like that they have changed everything about the recipe. You see this often in um, recipes for things that have a lot of variants, which is a person says they tried the recipe and loved it or hated it, but then also detailed a million things they changed about it. So it's impossible to tell if the recipe is good from their comment. Now, to be fair, one of the changes here is that they didn't have a deep fryer, which, like, again, fair enough. That's yes, true. Yeah. yeah. Use a cast iron skillet. That's what I do. Uh, I use. Do I use a Dutch thing? oven? Sometimes good. I use a Dutch oven, but I kind of get worried because the Dutch oven isn't really supposed to be at high temperatures uh, uh, okay. all that often. So mm-hmm. I usually will use the cast iron skillet, especially because then it's pretty easy to make the gravy in there while you're at mm, it. Yes. It's pretty quick, you know. Yep. Plus, I will admit, uh, my cast iron skillet also has a larger circumference, so it's easier to get more, you know, in there. Nice. But the Dutch oven is deeper, so (laughs) trade-offs. Exactly. All right. Uh, I'm going to read two comments because they are connected. (laughs) And this is something that came up for me when I was finding uh, uh, comments that really baffled me. Pay attention, people. This is Southern Fried Chicken. The chicken is already wet. We don't add liquids to it, especially spoiled milk. To make it moist, we cook it right. KFC started extra crispy in the 70s, flour, egg, flour, that Bojangles and their ripoffs copied. (laughs) 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 They're worried, talking about counterfeit chicken, they're worried about it. They should apply, they should talk to a chicken authority about that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Won't somebody do something? This recipe is spot on. Except Southerners know the chicken is done when the juices run clear, not when the thermometer says it's overcooked. So they take issue to this recipe's temperatures, I suppose. (laughs) Kudos for finally posting the real recipe. Booze for not telling the world this is real Southern chicken instead of that spoiled milk crap no self-respecting Southerner would ever do. And then... I didn't include this because it was a bit vague and got complicated, but several other people agreed that a uh, fried chicken recipe shouldn't include spoiled milk. They all mentioned this. And before we continue on with this, we Uh should give uh, mentally play the Jeopardy music in your head while you figure out what these people mean. Because I did eventually figure it out, but I was so shocked at the aggressiveness that it took me like five (laughs) seconds. I had to take like a deep breath and be like, what could this possibly be talking about? And then it hit me. Yeah. So over the course of months, many people said, yeah, you can't use spoiled milk. Terrible. And then the voice of reason, this one person says just recently, what is this spoiled milk everyone's talking about? Buttermilk is not spoiled milk. (laughs) It's just the leftovers for making butter. Or simply milk with a little vinegar or lemon juice added to it. Spoiled would imply that it's past its safe to consume by date, which buttermilk is not. Y'all have issues if you think sour cream or buttermilk is spoiled. (laughs) And I have to say I agree with this person. Because sometimes when people hate something, they demonize it in such a bizarre way. And so the other people, they don't like buttermilk fried chicken recipes. Fine. That's your preference. Great. Good for you. But calling it spoiled milk to really tell you how evil this buttermilk is is so strange from adults you know this is this is this is the problem you know i blame social media for this <laughs> yes if if we would all just get along better on the internet then people wouldn't be calling people wouldn't be fundamentally misunderstanding the nature of buttermilk <laughs> 
on the internet. That's true. Yeah, we'd have world peace and we could have buttermilk fried chicken or not as we desired. Yes. You would just go in a different line depending on, you know, for people who <laughs> like buttermilk. <sighs> I do like buttermilk fried chicken. Me too. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's the um, sugars and uh, proteins in buttermilk help brown the chicken, which mm-hmm. is very nice. And they, of course, tenderize it, especially if you put some salt in that buttermilk before you yep. marinate your chicken. Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, some eat nose rats, uh, buttermilk. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't tried it yet with chicken. I've done it with turkey yet, but people have said e- either one is phenomenal. I mean, the turkey breast was incredible. Yes, I have made that with chicken when I wasn't able to get turkey for that same recipe, and it's delicious. Mm. All right. So, next comment up. If you thought this, if you thought people saying that buttermilk was spoiled was uh, <laughs> weirdly aggressive, uh huh. This person isn't as aggressive, but um, they they have an issue with a very specific ingredient, and and one that you know, if I think about it, I almost understand. Mm-hmm. But I still kind of want this to be in a book somewhere. <laughs> Yes. And this comment says, rats. I ended up on this page following a link from a page about egg substitutes for breading. Was hoping to find a recipe like that. So you see, it, it, you know, I, I understand why they're worried that this uh-huh. is where they ended up. Was hoping to find a recipe like that, but ugh, this recipe has eggs. I can't eat them. It would be nice if you had a few recipes and episodes with egg substitutes for those recipes that require an egg wash. I just really hate the taste, sight, and smell of eggs even in breading. Would especially love some breaded veggie recipes that didn't go near eggs. Even that is hard to find. Sigh. <laughs> I get it. Uh-huh. I kind of do. I yeah. uh, I I can imagine you know, I, I like eggs. Don't get me wrong. I, I mm-hmm. eat plenty of them. But there are times um, I remember when I had COVID. Um, there were a couple times and, and even without it, if it's the wrong kind of weather and my allergies are acting up or whatever, there are times when you're eating fried egg or whatever and just that sulfuric note of it hits you and you're like, yeah. this is the worst thing I've ever eaten and I don't want to go near <laughs> it ever again. Yeah, I love eggs in most ways. I know you don't love them every type of way. I think I love them every type of way, but there are certain ones at certain times that will just hit me in a way that make me... Yeah. Ugh, I don't and, know. And this, but, and this poor yeah. person suffers that all the time. That's really <laughs> yes. rough. I, I will say, it is... I mean, the fact that they ended up on a fried chicken recipe <laughs> from an egg yeah. substitutes thing, that is weird. Yeah. Seems like an algorithm gone rogue. And this is kind of, um, you see this sometimes, the phenomenon, like a therapist couch phenomenon for mm-hmm. a comment section, which is they wanted to find a recipe to bread things, maybe chicken, that didn't have eggs. They found one that does. And then they want to ask for something about breaded veggie recipes as well. And they just want people to commiserate with them that they don't like that this has eggs. Well, that doesn't really tell us anything about this recipe, though, does it? Yeah. That's unfortunate. It is. I, I hope they eventually found their eggless fried chicken recipe. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what you could use, because this is this is not a problem I've ever had to solve. Yeah. And now I'm actually kind of curious what you could do instead. I think kind of ironically, buttermilk might be a yeah. good substitute, because it's just viscous enough, commercially uh-huh. available buttermilk, if you get it. It's a little bit thicker than... Um, milk or the buttermilk you can make with vinegar. So if you got that, it would help keep a breading coating a yeah. bit better, I think. I get 
usually for buttermilk, I get a, a fairly fancy one that's got like a higher milk fat content, mm-hmm. and it it's definitely got that texture. Um, because mm-hmm. then I also tend to use it for um, I haven't made ranch out of it in a while, but I've I've made a couple that's of what I things. Like to do. Yeah, that and buttermilk waffles, I love. Yes, um, and then a couple of times I've made um, I've made the biscuits, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, occasionally I'll make crema, uh, but that that's a couple tablespoons of it at a time. Oh know? yes, yeah, which is also very good. Okay, uh, I am actually gonna shoot two in a row because we're releasing this. What is this? This is gonna be like the week before Halloween, I think. Yes, that's right. And we have a different episode for that. That's a little bit more actively themed. <laughs> but this almost feels like it was the spookier episode. Yeah. And you'll see what I mean. The next few comments, they're going to be all sorts of horror. And we're going to start with a very quiet, gentle, but not cozy, just mm-hmm. slow buildup of horror. And I'll, yeah. I'll, you'll see what I mean. This is the best chicken I have ever made. I am a descendant of generations of Southerner woman. As I stood over my snazzy electric cooktop with my expensive thermometer, constantly checking the temperature of the specially purchased peanut oil bubbling in my beautiful red Dutch oven, I thought about them. They fried chickens they had raised and killed, using lard mixed with saved bacon fat and whatever skillet they had. No nifty thermometers at all. Even though mine was delicious, I could never match the tastes of my youth. They wrote this comment beautifully. Yeah. Again, should be in a book. (laughs) I like that uh, several commenters have rated this comment helpful, even though it doesn't tell you anything about the actual recipe. uh, Yeah. They all also realize they're never going to beat the taste of their youth. People, (laughs) the, the other person was doing the therapist couch approach. This person is the therapist. Yes. They're telling you they should have their own recipe blog because this is the type of comment you would see above a fried chicken recipe mm-hmm. rather than under it. <laughs> just, I I read that and I'm just God, this is bleak. Yeah, it's very bleak. Yes, I'm, I'm not I'm not usually one for you know I I have all of those things basically. Mm-hmm. I'm not usually one for avoiding technology, but yeah, there are times where I'm like. I listen to my dad or my mom talk about stuff. I've I've seen yeah. how my grandmother made some things, and I'm just like, yeah, I really wish I had that. My my grandmother used to make breaded chicken with the cracker meal, and she used to just shallow fry it in a pan, not mm-hmm. a ton of oil in there. Um, and by the time she taught me how to do it, she was starting to lose some of her faculties, so it wasn't as evenly cooked and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, she just used a cheap aluminum skillet to fry it in. Yeah. And now looking back. And I know that a lot of this is nostalgia. Of course, I'd rather have that than Popeyes. Like, yes, yeah. you know, it, it's it, people really underestimate how much, um, how much of the food that you eat, particularly when you're young, can have such, you know, like the 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 value add is the emotional connection. Yes, that's right. And true. how much that can matter. I think from a cooking standpoint. I know I have uh, one grandmother who's quite a good cook, <laughs> the other one not so much, but the one who's a good cook, she has things like a uh, ham, egg, and cheese pie, which is very good. And the thing is, to do something like that right, you need to be able to perfect it. And that's not so hard for her. She lives in the north of England. She's still alive, yes. Because she probably knew ten recipes and just did them every ten days forever. <laughs> And I feel like a lot of the things I don't know how to do well, say fried chicken, 
I don't because I'm always trying, me personally loving to cook, I always try different recipes from different places all the time. So I'm never perfecting fried chicken. I'm not making fried chicken once a week for a year to really learn how to do fried chicken because I'm spreading myself pretty thin in other ways. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's part of it. Like how how did they achieve this in a simple skillet with these leftover oils? Because they that's what they're working on. That's what they had to work with. That's what they did. Yeah, it, it's a lot of this is when you have to work within those restrictions. Mm-hmm. You you can really uh, you can get you're, that good at, at something. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're making the best fried chicken you can make. So yeah, that's what it is. And and when you're working on a ton of life hacks, or you know, you're supposed to bring people uh, to your restaurant with fancy drinks or whatever, then stuff like fried chicken is just going to fall by the wayside. I mean, it'll still be good, mm-hmm. just won't be as good. Yeah, true. Alrighty, let's keep going with these uh, steadily more horrifying comments. <laughs> yes. All right, here we have one. <clears throat> I like the basic starting point or guide. It doesn't necessarily matter if the recipe is in grams or whatever, or even what's in it. Hold up, what? (laughs) Yeah, they get quite philosophical right away. Uh, They're commenting on a very specific fried chicken recipe to tell you that a recipe doesn't really matter. If you're a good enough cook and you love what you're doing, you can easily tweak it for your own taste. Technique is important. Details are necessary only if you're short on experience or creativity. Thanks for the guide. People in comments should really take a chill pill. Humans are so pathetic. We deserve the extinction that's coming. (laughs) So ridiculous and mean. Of course, the thing is, the thing that makes me crazy is this person says... You don't need to worry about all these details. You should just learn it and have the good technique and then you won't need them. Well, the people commenting on this recipe to ask, should I take the chicken out of the fridge ahead of time? How long do I leave the coating on before I fry it? The reason they are asking these things are because they don't know them. So saying, well, you shouldn't need to know that in the comment section is so unhelpful and ridiculous and mean. (laughs) Ugh. But I guess we deserve the extinction that's coming for asking too many questions about fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're pathetic because we need recipes. See, people like this. This is why I don't do anything, right? Or why I didn't for the longest time. Like, if if I were afraid still of people like these, you who are listening to this episode would not be hearing me on it. It'd be somebody yeah. else because it, it people like this exist in every pursuit you will possibly undertake in your life. And what's weird about it is that in cooking, it's particularly weird to be this person because recipes exist for a reason. Yes. Which is that even if you don't necessarily think that one particular method or something is the best way to do it, having a... You know, like, some of these things aren't about taste or Mm -hmm. tweaking or creativity. They're about food safety they're about the safety of the cook they're about making sure that at the end of it you have something edible Mm -hmm. not just for yourself but for other people and that it's safe to eat (laughs) and with something like chicken say Mm -hmm. if you know one chicken cut up into parts needs this much flour to bread it then you're not wasting any flour because otherwise you're just filling a bowl with flour dipping your chicken and then throwing out a bunch of flour that is now contaminated with raw chicken 
because you didn't have there's no way for you to know how much flour you might need for a chicken but this recipe can tell you yeah there's this weird kind of person in comment sections about anything that seems to think that you gain knowledge through osmosis yeah you know just mystically pull it from the ether and (laughs) this person exists even in schools which is very strange to me um, mm-hmm. You would think if you work in that environment any length of time, you know that humans are very, even if that were possible, humans are very, very good at refusing to accept knowledge that really should be just beaming directly into their brains. Yes. Um, so I just, I, it is very strange that this person exists in in this particular yeah. thing. But I guess, you know, we've, we've all encountered them. Yeah. Um, some people just they really just need to feel uh, secure. Yeah. They just need to. They need to think people should just get on with it and fry some chicken without any instruction, I guess. But that's not their problem, I suppose. I guess so. Yeah. So you've got, now you've got the guy, this is like, uh, that guy's like Viggo Mortensen in The Prophet. You know, he's he's <laughs> apocalyptic horror. Uh-huh. I'm going to hit you with the jump scare one here. Ooh. I think that's what it is. Or, or maybe if you're a particularly environmentally aware person, this is going to be especially scary for you. So. Mm-hmm. I tried this recipe using a gas cooktop. I found it difficult to keep the oil temp high. The result was chicken. Well, got one thing right. Overdone <laughs> yeah. on the outside and underdone on the inside. Been there, feel your pain. It is very difficult to manage the oil temp to ensure that the chicken is done without overcooking the crust. It wasn't a hit, of course, and now I have lots of oil to recycle. And through this entire comment so far, I'm like, well, this, this just seems like a, you know, a normal... Uh, person, I don't understand why this is here. And then it says, mm-hmm. "Chickens died in vain for this one." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, good! I love how dramatic it is because they know they they know they're not going to grab the reader with. I had some problems with their, this recipe because we all can go, "Yeah, me too." Sometimes mm-hmm. and not care any more than that. But you got to grab them with "Chickens died in vain," though. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. That is something that I would say after a failed bout of fried chicken. Like, if I if I serve yeah, that and I can dramatic. see the coating. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. You just, you're not going to post a photo or anything. You're just going to, like, tweet or whatever. Tried making fried chicken. <laughs> fucked it up. Chicken's died in vain for this one. That's what you're going to do. Oh, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> oh, that's a very good one. All right, close this out, Louisa. I know. All right. Uh, so excited. <laughs> Here's another person who's very dramatic. They tell a good story in a comment. <clears throat> I don't want to fry chicken ever again. If anyone here requests fried chicken again, I'll give them a 20 and KFC's number. It was scary. There's flour everywhere. The oil. The oil and the blood. The blood! <laughs> They're using caps for effect here. <laughs> I used. (laughs) Yeah, it is very good. The blood. The blood. (laughs) I used chicken thighs, and not even 15 minutes were enough to stop the hemorrhage. I took them out, called my mom, and told her to deal with them, bake them, double fry them, toss them away. Her choice. I don't care. I just want salad. That's all one sentence with no punctuation. (laughs) I will stick. To sweets and breads, and then there's a sad crying face. <laughs> I love that this 
this is both kind of relatable, like, oh no, this is going so wrong, but also very unrelatable because what are you talking about? <laughs> there's blood everywhere. There's blood. 15 minutes aren't enough to stop the hemorrhage. Unless you're cutting up your own chicken, which I think if you've killed and cut up your own chicken, I think you might mention that in your comment, but I'm assuming they got it from a grocery store. This is a bit much. I don't... This doesn't feel relatable. This has never happened to me. So. Yes. Noah enters the chat. <laughs> um, the first time I tried, so I've mentioned my mom's recipe a number of times, <laughs> and I said I had some problems with it. Guess what problem I had? <laughs> I got my blood chicken everywhere. From the, the blood. Store. The blood. Yeah. Okay. Blood. Blood. <laughs> Blood, blood. It turns out Garth Marenghi is now writing recipe comments under a pseudonym. Um, it, it's either it's either that or this is the dramatic reading of a real breakup letter person. Yes. You make me fried your chicken for stupid reasons. Oh my oh god! Boy. All right. So I tried the recipe, and yes. um. I usually go, uh, my usual grocery store is a Wegmans, has been for a decade, probably should change that if I'm being honest, but their their chicken butchery has always been somewhat suspect, but usually I get boneless chicken. I'm usually making breasts or thighs or whatever, and you know what? Uh, but this time I got the drumsticks, and I shook them in the bag with the adobo and the flour and everything. Mom did not tell me to brine them or anything. Maybe she does, and I just... You know, just didn't or chose to forgo it. Maybe I didn't have the time. I don't know. But the point is, as soon as I put them in the oil, a bunch of blood did come out of the tip of the drumstick and <laughs> oh, dear. filtered through the uh, the coating. <laughs> it did fry into the coating, so okay. I did. It didn't go everywhere. You know, it wasn't the shining in in the pot right. that I was using to fry because this was years ago in a college room. Um, so, so I was not in, in danger like this person was of, like, losing my sanity and <laughs> destroying that entire town in Maine where Carrie's from. Yep. But having said that, I do remember thinking, like, why is this happening? What do I do? I don't even know what to do. <laughs> and then I noticed that, you know, it was starting to dry out as it hit the rest of the coating. And it was, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, this will be fine. Um, mm -hmm. But I had never seen that happen because I'd, I'd never really been interested in cooking when I was a kid. And yeah. when I'd seen those drumsticks and so on, you know, it had never really been a big deal. A lot of the time we just got them, um, we just got them pre-done and then it was just to heat them up in a toaster oven yeah. or something like that. And so they, they were essentially rid of that already. Now, of course, I know what you can do to stop that from happening uh, and yes. not have to post a comment like this. Also, geez, a 20 and a KFC number, like, tell me you're pre-pandemic uh, pre without telling me. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. <laughs> Uh, for any listeners who are very worried about this kind of thing, if you're able to get kosher chicken, wherever we are, raw chicken, it's been treated with uh, washes in salt water, so it should be able to get rid of a lot more blood than conventional non-kosher methods, if that's something you're worried about. Yeah, and even if you're not, I think you mentioned brining usually helps with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has for me, yes. I have, I've never had a problem. I've... Cut up a raw chicken, had some blood come out, but I've never had a problem like you have with it coming out in the oil step, and maybe that's from brining and so forth. Yeah. All right. So that's a good tip. Yeah. Speaking of good tips, do we have any other ones for people listening? <laughs> that's a good question. I I know oil temperature is the most important thing with fried chicken. You cannot I'm stress that enough. Kidding. Even, like, I have a electric stove, and uh, a lot of times they'll recommend 
things will recommend that you fry in cast iron to really retain that heat, and I do that. And so they might, the recipe might say heat the oil for 10 minutes to this temperature, but I always measure it, and sometimes it takes 20 minutes or half an hour on my stove, but I know getting it to that correct temperature is more important than anything. Yes. So always do that. How about you? Any hot tips? Um, well, I, like I mentioned, I always make chicken fried chicken, which is a Texan thing, and Texans are very opinionated about it. <laughs> uh-huh. And, but one, one thing that's a pretty big constant is you're going to get gravy. You're, you're going to ah, yes. take out most of the drippings, reserve a couple of tablespoons, because I'm making it for two people. So, you know, I'm I not. I don't think I've ever made a fried chicken with a gravy. This is interesting. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be fair, again, you're spooning this over, you know, like a, a boneless, skinless chicken breast, right? This isn't sure. like, um, though so I did, I will admit, uh, last year, last year, uh, went on a road trip, a day trip, and when we came back, stopped by one of those fancy places downtown, and they had a fried chicken bucket, and I thought, <laughs> you know what, let me try this. I've I've been to this place. They're the kind of place that has, like, fried crickets as an appetizer. Oh, I've had those. They mostly tasted like they were chili and lime fried crickets. Huh. They Do mostly they have a- tasted like salt. <laughs> Does this place have a regional specialty? I'm wondering what... Their angle is. Tapas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very um, interesting. They, if, if there's any influence, it's Spanish. But mm-hmm. uh, they, they had a fried chicken bucket, and I decided to try it out. And the fried chicken bucket came with Alabama white barbecue sauce. Aha. Uh-huh. Mayonnaise, was, right? Horseradish? Uh, yes. Dijon mustard, a couple other things. Mm. And it was like extremely stuff. legit. The fried chicken mm. was overdone. Oh. It was very, very dark red. Um, but the, the coating was a pretty good texture. It was a little bit too cooked because of that. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could really taste the oil in the coating, ah, okay. but it was still very good. The chicken was very juicy, very tender. And mm. so it was, I was really appreciative. Anyway, that's the closest I've ever had to having pieces of chicken with the gravy, but okay. chicken fried chicken, you're going to get gravy. It's going to go and <laughs> If it's chicken fried chicken, it's cream gravy. So you're going to spoon mm. out, uh, if depending on how many people you're making for, you're going to take out some amount of the oil. Yes. Then, you know, flour, get a good roux going, and then you're going to throw in your milk. Scrape up all those delicious bits yes, of fond in the, the pan. Fond. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you're going to toss in your milk or your cream or both or whatever the hell you want and just mm-hmm. mix until it's nice and thick. I usually like to put in, uh, beyond the salt and pepper, given a choice, I will put in a little bit of paprika. And a little bit of jalapeno mm-hmm. powder. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll put in straight up jalapenos and and cook those a little bit in the oil before starting to mix the process. I stopped doing that for a while because the jalapenos up here were kind of crappy unless you grew them yourself. But mm-hmm. lately they've gotten good, so that that's a very real possibility. Once again, um, mm-hmm. I do Just- I do like the the feeling of a little bit of it's not quite a crunch because it it'll sog out because of the all the liquids that you're gonna put in there. Mm-hmm. But I do like the feeling of having a little bit of a chunkier gravy. That's nice. Yeah, I and, do like and that. not chunkier, and not chunkier in the sense of gloopier or anything like that. But <laughs> right, in the yeah, sense of having like other that. things going on. It's very good on some nice smooth mashed potatoes. Mm. Mm. Yes, which is the usual side. Yes, plus some kind of green vegetable that nobody cares about. Yeah, something you could just soak up some more gravy with. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's the real star. <laughs> anything else? 
I don't think so. I wish I knew more about fried chicken to give some more better tips, but I don't think I do. Every time I try a new recipe, because I'm always looking for that one that's going to be so good, I never want another one. But so far, I've just, it's been okay. It's so much work that I've never found one that's worth that every time. Unfortunately, yeah. That's how it goes for me. I mean, I make the same recipe every time. It's still a ton of work. I do it maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. And we learn to be happy with that because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no way, no way at all I'm trying to make more than that. If I ever had a ton of friends over, maybe, but mm-hmm. that's just, you know, whenever I'm making it, I'm making it for a special nice, you know, Saturday night meal or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's just not worth it. Yeah, no, totally understandable. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Twitter at at NoSubsPlease. We're on Mastodon at at NoSubsPlease at Mastodon.online. And we're on co-host at at NoSubsPlease. If you find any outlandish recipe comments that you'd like us to uh, discuss on the show, you can send them to NoSubstitutionsPliss at gmail.com. That's NoSubstitutionsPLS at gmail.com. We apologize. Every other permutation was taken. Thank you, and until next time, we have been No Substitutions, Please, and like the best cooks, we will leave you wanting more. Mm